Welcome back to the Masters of Recon podcast, your top automotive refinishing podcast with your hosts, Corey Kleinfeld and Ryan Brewer. Enjoy the show, everyone. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Masters of Recon podcast. Um, again, just a reminder, the show is sponsored by RestoreFX, your leaders in paintless clear coat repair. And if you guys need have any questions or want to know any more info about RestoreFX, Go check out our Masters of Recon Facebook page, and you can actually direct message us, either me or me or Ryan directly through there. We can answer any questions you have and then send you over to Restore FX if you want to move further in the process. Um, so uh, today on the podcast, we have an, another example of what it looks like to turn a PDR shop into a multiple services shop. Today, we have Tom Hickey on the podcast out of Wichita, Kansas. He is a PDR technician since 1995. And now is operating offering multiple different services out of his shop. So today we're going to chat about why adding services, and then talk about some of the great things about that, and talk about some of the struggles as well. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hey, thanks, guys. Nice to be on here, guys. What's up, man? So tell us how it started, dude. 1995. You find <laughs> a metal rod, and you're like, I can move yeah. that metal around. Well, what? yeah, kind of. Actually, it was uh, I was selling cars when my son was born. Didn't sell enough cars one month, and I got fired. <laughs> so. That happens. Uh, the guys that were <laughs> yeah. servicing our dealership were looking for somebody that knew how to talk to the car dealerships because they didn't, because the car dealerships kind of have their own language. And so they hired me to be that guy in the middle, but they wanted to train me so that I knew what to sell and how, what's doable, what's not doable. So I worked for that guy for mm, about a year and a half and ended up running a shop for about the last <laughs> eight months to a year. And, um, and then transition from that into basically starting my own. So, and I went out as a route tech and I serviced around the Wichita area instead of Wichita. I stayed away from what he had that was in Wichita. And I went and hit, you know, a 45 mile to 60 mile radius outside of Wichita. Cause there's a lot of little towns, little farm towns that had, you know, car dealerships. So, and that's what I did for, I think another three years I did that. So you, so that's, 95 you work for the guy for a year year and a half and then you go out on your own in 97 ish yep yep first part of 97 i went out on my own and uh i did that for like i said until 98 i guess um and then one of the towns that i serviced had a storm and they wanted me to fix their cars so then i i sat down and i i worked for i don't know eight months for a dealership doing it for myself but subbing you know from them to do their cars and at the end of that, I had lost all the other accounts that I'd built up though. Yeah. So that yeah. was so that's the struggle. When you you give up the long term for the short term quick money, um, you you lose, you know, I think I lost like seven or eight dealerships because I sat down and, and only worked for one to fix hail, which was great money. But then when that storm for was over, months. yeah, then then you know, then the other dealers had moved on. Yeah. Would you so what do, you do, would what'd you do you, this? What did you do then? Yeah. I started doing more chasing of hail. I just kind of broadened broadened my search and um, went a little further out. Um, I ended up driving my original hometown. I I would service uh, two dealerships out in Dodge City, Kansas, which everybody's heard of Gunsmoke and Miss Kitty and Marshall Dillon. That's where I'm from. It's a great place to be from. And um, so I serviced a couple of dealerships out there. And then throughout the years, they would get hit every two or three years. And so um, guys that I went to high school with owned a body shop that their parents had started originally. And so I serviced that body shop and I still service that body shop today. 
I just have to be a little more selective on when I go out and, you know, being away from my shop. Oh, there's Stella in the background. Yeah, that's my dog. That's She's my like, dog's going name. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. It's a good dog name. Ryan, you were going to ask basically, like, would you do it again? Is that what I heard you say? Yeah, yeah, because I think now we have the capability of pulling people in. Um, I'm sure you had that capability in the in back in the day. Maybe you did. You didn't know as many people as you know now. But would you pull technicians in so you can keep your route? Um, if I did it today, yes, that's probably what I would do. Um, you know, back then we didn't have social media really. Back in the '90s, even early 2000s, we didn't have social media. No, no, um, no. Yeah. And where I'm at, you know, Mobile Tech Expo, although it was there, I'd never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. Um, so it took me traveling a little bit and getting in with two or three. And I, I, I don't really want to call them brokers because they were dent technicians but they had to become the broker when an area they, they served got hit. And right. so therefore, once I got in with them though, that opened more and more doors up. And then you meet more and more techs and from different places and stuff like that. So now, you know, the, um, the group, what I would consider my circle is a lot bigger than it was then. And even, even though not all of those guys would I put in to run a storm, I could call almost all of those guys to come work the storm. Right. So, right. Yeah. I mean, not everybody can manage a storm. <clears throat> That's true. So I think, I think that kind of fine. I don't even know if I knew you chased hail for a long time. I well, kind of chased it. Um, I think that falls in line a lot with uh, people listening to the podcast because there's a lot of guys out there that are doing that, but, and I, I know them personally because I've coached several of them or had conversations with them. Like, I want to I want to go home. Like, I want to stay home. Um, right. How do I do that? And so at what point did you decide you wanted to do that? And then did that coincide with you getting the shop you're sitting in now? Or kind of how did that how that transition um, happen? And, and and then also real quick touch on, like, why is that so hard to do? Well, I mean in this business you travel but when you travel as much as what i was traveling i was i mean there were years i was gone i mean 12 months out of the year and we'd come home every two weeks four weeks six weeks i'd come home for a weekend and then have to go back um with where i'm at i'm located well for like the dallas market or houston or san antonio and i've worked all of those areas so dallas is a five hour drive five and a half hour drive and you know when i was in the the dallas area there was times when the metros hit you know you're there for long term Un unlimited long. yeah <laughs> you know we serviced um some of the calibers and so i would get called to go manage one of the stores and then i might have just me or i might have six guys working for me out of that store which means i gotta write all the estimates i gotta deal with all the supplements i gotta deal with all the adjusters you know and um so it was really hard to go to those storms and and be gone so long but because it was only dallas and i say only it's still a five six hour drive so there was times i'd work until you know seven eight o'clock on a friday drive you know five hours home and have saturday sunday and then get back in my truck after dinner on sunday and drive back to dallas to be in the shop you know at eight o'clock monday morning um do it again yeah, i'd do it again i'd probably try and transition out of that into a shop faster but again, it's, it's a money thing, you know, it's, it's finding that location. It's finding, um, or having, or having a good base to earn money from, um, because I traveled, I didn't have a lot of contacts in my own Wichita market. 
You know, mm -hmm. I didn't have any of the dealerships. And honestly, there's so many guys that everybody talks about Wichita. They talk about Springfield, Missouri, you know, having so many guys it's flooded. Um, but I've literally ran into it where the dealers are like, you know, used to, we'd get $75 fixed door dings on a car. And when I quit doing it, they were at like $45 a car and it didn't matter. And I was always like, you know, at $75, it's like, okay, they can't cherry pick. They can't say, oh, well, that one's only got one dent. You can't fix that car, but we want you to fix this one that's got eight panels on the side. You know, I'm mm. like, if I build the eight panel car, I got to have some of those gravy cars too. Um, yeah. But they got to where they didn't want to do that. They only wanted to fix the bad ones. And then they want to have done it, you know, 40, 50 bucks a car. So, um, and I, but do those guys leave when hail hits? No, uh, no, okay. those guys are there. They, yeah, they, they work. There's, there's a couple of uh, shops here in town. Well, I say that they were multi-service shops back then. They did like bumper blends, um, yeah. light collision, stuff like that. Um, but not that they do bad repairs, but they don't do what we look at doing quality repair on the job. So if that means, you know, the bumper needs painted and it's the whole bumper and they're not burning the clear, we wouldn't burn clear in on a car. If I shot, if I send something out to be, you know, painted, there is no burning the clear in. And those shops, a lot of those shops, all of those shops that I know of, because um, I worked for one for a short period, they they burn clear in on everything. You know, they'd burn it in on on a on a rail, they'd burn it in on a quarter, they'd burn it in on a bumper, and, I mean, but that's a market, that's a market. That's but to me, it's yeah. a wholesale market. You know, um, so I got into the retail side and worried more about doing high quality repairs. So that means I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sublet something out that's gonna be burned in. I'm, if I'm gonna sublet out a paint job or a paint anything, it's gonna be, yeah. you know, we're gonna paint it right. We're gonna do it as much by the book as we can do it by the book. So at what point, how did you make this decision to get off the road? Because again, money, shop space, no contacts, all that yeah. stuff. How how'd you do it? Well, I've got a I've got a friend and, and the shop that I'm actually setting in belong he he rented it. But when he first started it, this building, he's a Ford Master Tech. And I met him when I worked for a dealership for uh but I I they hired me off the road back in two thousand and two through oh four, spring of oh four. Um and it was to keep me home. And I was, my son was five years old at the time. And I was like, okay, I want to be home. And so they hired me. Well, I met this guy and he's a Ford master tech at the, at the dealership. Well, then transition a few years down the road, he leaves the dealership and he starts his own little service shop. And he's always told me, he's like, if, if you ever need a hell car to fix, I can, you know, I can either provide you space or, you know, I know people from time to time. So he would let me borrow space in this shop to fix a hail car from time to time when somebody, if Wichita got hit, I didn't have a lot of work, but I might have four or five cars to fix. He would give me a spot. Well, he ended up buying a building a mile down the road, a half a mile down the road. So I contacted the landlord and ended up with this building. But when he started, he probably had 1700 square feet. And now the building is 6,000 uh, 6, square feet. So I rented the full 6,000. So how do you oh, well. still though, you got a shop figured out, but you don't have any contacts. Like, did you, was it a full, like, I'm never, I'm not chasing hail anymore. I'm staying here. Or was it a transition or, or how well, did that when go? I first rented the shop was June of <clears throat> 21. I was still working oh, in very college recent. station. Nice. Yeah, I was still working in college station. 
had a storm down there for a friend of mine that's from the Houston area, actually he's from San Antonio area. And um, I, I told him when I went back in June that I'd rented the shop and I would work up until July and then I had to come home and try and get this deal lined up. But I still mm. had some cars sitting in Dodge City to do. And so we actually didn't open the doors to like put a sign on the building and all that until probably September of last year. Um, and then we went to Expel to get trained in PPF or clear bra and ceramic coatings. Um, so that that kind of another part of this whole, you know, peeling the layers off the onion. I knew that mm -hmm. starting out that just doing paintless dent repair wasn't going to survive in Wichita because of the mm -hmm. market. Is. So we decided we were going to try and add some service to the lineup. And we felt like clear bra was a, a really good fit. Um, I call them an OCD service. Um, people that don't like door dings probably don't, you know, they don't want rock chips on their cars and stuff like that. Um, so my son and I, and my son's 28 now, him and I both went to Expel and got trained in PPF and in ceramic coating. Um, and, you know, we thought that that was going to be great and it is good, but it's very hard to sell PPF. Um, it's not, it's not a inexpensive service. Yeah. So you know, somebody comes in and they want a, a couple hundred dollar door ding fix. That's one thing. Sometimes selling a, a two, $300 door ding is hard, but not everybody, although they want PPF, they don't want to spend, you know, 1500, 2000, $2,500 to put it on a car. So you open in June 21 or rented June 21 open September 21. That's pretty, that's fairly recent, which is, which is pretty cool. Cause you're just, you're just in this, like basically a year yeah. at this point. Yep. And, and then you go to expel training. Why you decided to do PPF first because it was OCD service. Yes. Is that You were like that. Okay. You're like, this is, this is just the thing I could sell the most or how much, how much time and effort thought did you put into opening or to adding that? Or was it just like the thing you knew the most about or what? When talking to the rep that, that was my rep, going to be my rep at Expel, he made it sound like, you know, oh, this is great. It's easy to sell. Everybody wants it. You know, it's an untapped market. And and the tickets are good, right? So you're thinking, okay, you know, there's a, there's a, the, there's a good need for it. You know, Sedgwick County, which is the county that Wichita sets in, and then the adjoining county is Butler County. There's 450 to 500,000 people in this market. Um, and we've got, you know, we don't have a Tesla dealership, but we've got pretty much everything else. So, um, okay, let's, let's, let's do PPF. Um, well, let's talk about that, Ryan. You probably, you've, you've added every service was, ever created. I, I was, my big question is what was your experience, um, learning in the beginning when you just started doing PPF? <laughs> that, it reminded me of learning PDR. I know, right? You know, it, it's not, you don't just pick it up and, and go at it. Um, there's a lot of, you know, you put stuff on a car and you peel it right back off the car because, you know, it, it just doesn't look right. Now, that being said, there's, we're pretty OCD. I mean, all of us being PDR guys, I mean, we're really OCD if we've got any attention to detail. If we don't, we're probably in the wrong business. Um, so there was times, you know, I put film down and I'm like, oh, this doesn't look right. I got to, I got to take that off. And, you know, there's a little flicker of dirt over there in the spot. It's, you know, 
So you'd rip it off, and you'd cut more film, and you'd put it down, um, only to find out later that the customer doesn't see that stuff. You know, they don't yeah. see all of the imperfections that we see in the film and and even in the install. As long as the edges are locked and, and everything's down, unless it's got, you know, a lot of dirt in it, nobody sees that stuff. Mm -hmm. So sometimes our OCD hurts us on it is the way I look at it. I mean, that's my thought. Well, it's expensive, right? That could be true, though. Rip some What's material that? off of a uh, rip the material off of a hood, and that's I mean it's super expensive. It's not a cheap product. No, no. So what do you what do you use for? Do you do PPF then, Ryan? Uh, man, I had a really bad experience. So um, <laughs> I went to, I went with 3M. 3M was really close for us, and I've I've been in I've owned body shops. I've been painting cars for most of my life, and I always use 3M products. So. For anybody out there, this is 3M saying you're always within three feet of a 3M product, which is true when they start telling you everything it's in, right? So right. I went to 3M. I learned um, it was like a, a week course maybe. And I yep. left with some some type of confidence. You know, I was like, this isn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. So when I got into it, I think the first car was like a ZR1 Carvette or a Camaro. Oh, wow. And um, just to, to wrap that edge around the, the Camaro bumper was impossible. I was screaming. And I didn't have the luxury because I went cheap and I didn't buy the printer, right? Yeah. So I would order, I would pre-order the, the stuff from, from 3M, but it would come in overnight. But it, I'm like, I should have just ordered two or three kits at a time because I'm probably going to rip, you know, one or two off at the, at the most, you know. And um, I just kind of gave up on it um just because it's well, I mean, let, i'm losing tons of money while i'm trying to learn it yeah yeah that's another thing to talk about and we're, we're going to talk about losing money for sure but i want to talk about real quick like you said the rep was telling you you know big ticket easy to sell all that type of stuff right. um obviously and i'm not mad at the experiment for doing that obviously that those things can be true um but how do you what have you learned be from doing that? And then Ryan too, about talking to reps of certain products and it, those things are selling you, they're, they're telling you aren't necessarily false, but it's got to kind of fall in line with who you are too. Like, are you used to selling big ticket items? Are your customers, you know, those type of customers or whatever. So I guess tell us what you learned about that. And just um, when you're talking to reps, make sure you're, you know, asking the right questions and understanding what, really the product is so that you can sell it properly. Right. So what well, are you Yeah, there's there's a learning curve to just selling the product, just like, you know, the PDR, it, it comes natural now. I mean, after 20 years, I pretty much can look at stuff and go, that's fixable, that's not fixable. Um, if it's, you know, if it's a smash, it's, you know, maybe it's a 50-50 if you can fix it or can't fix it. But unless you're challenging yourself, you're never going to get better um the film is totally new so therefore i don't know i don't know what questions to ask all the time to the rep um you know they now, they now all, looking looking back now what would you for the other hundreds of people listening that are considering ppf now which what, what would you ask well how I much would, product am i going to waste what's the startup cost like all, all those types of things yeah well so back to ryan just a smidge on this so we did spend the money and bought a plotter. So um, seven thousand bucks, right? Yeah, seven grand, five hundred to ship it. So we got seventy five hundred dollars in a plotter, and then we our initial buy in on film was uh, five grand. 
So we were 12-5 in PPF before we ever had a job booked. Um, right. Now, the, the downside, another downside to it is because I didn't have a whole lot of contacts is nobody, nobody knew of us. So then, you know, we got to do our best to advertise on a budget and get the yeah. word out. Um, we're just now really starting to see traction on money that was spent a year ago. Um, and, and some of the money we're still spending. I mean, we're still, you know, boosting ads on Facebook and Instagram, stuff like that. Um, our word of mouth is better because we've got more customers out there. Um, we've actually decided to start doing basic packages on front ends of cars. So we're discounting them just to get more people to the store. And that's actually helped us in the last oh, month or so. Um, so as far as what to talk about with new guys, I would honestly, if I was starting over, and I don't know if this is where we want to go down that down that road or not. But well, here, I'll, I'll ask, I'll, I'll say this. Um, it takes a year to see a somewhat return on investment. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think people don't understand that. <laughs> I think they yeah. think they want it to happen much faster. Obviously, this is something that's talked about in our world that we live in today. Um, instant gratification, everything comes super quick, overnight shipping, all that type of stuff. Um, this stuff's hard. Like, it doesn't matter if you have a successful paintless day repair business and you're making, you know, 40 grand a month through your shop. This is a whole new service, a whole new way to sell it, a whole new customer base potentially. Right. Um, and all, all that it's stuff. And so I think just understanding, you know, if you're going to invest in something new, talk to the rep, get set up and just understand that it's going to take a year. And that's about, it took me out nine months or so for me for restore effects to really start making money monthly. Granted, I put money into it. So probably a right. year or so. So I'm like roughly at that break even. I don't do like, ex I don't have like a bookkeeper that does exact numbers, but um, roughly a year. I mean, that's what it's going to take. And it's, and it's debt repair effort. And then PPF or restore effects goes right on top of that. It's not, yeah. it's extra work for a year until right. it's, until it's not. So that's something I would say, Hey, be prepared. If you want to add additional services, yeah. it's not just a light switch. Maybe yeah. the fifth gonna, services. Right. But, yeah. You're going to lose so. money for the first year on those services. Mm -hmm. um, you, you may make mm -hmm. some money on some months, but then you're, there's months. And I I've said it, you know, I feel some, some months like we just hemorrhage money um, yeah. for whatever reason, you know, um, it doesn't help with the economy kind of where it's at right now, but everybody's got an excuse. So I don't, I don't like to look for them. Um, I try to try and find the positive and everything because if you want to be negative, it's easy to be negative. Yeah, so yeah for sure. I try to try to find the positive so that you don't go home at night, you know, just feeling horrible. Um, yeah. So but, <laughs> one yeah, of the things I say to, to my client, my, my coaching clients and, and other people I've worked with throughout the industry is that, and you mentioned it with the PPF thing too. Perfection is really, you know, almost impossible. And PDR, there's pretty much a point. I think you can get to what most people would call perfect. But what I say for people, new, new service and all that stuff. And the reason why payless debt repair is so easy to sell for us is because I would say as a sentence, if you set, you set expectations for the customer and then deliver those expectations, that's really what all business is about. And if you set up an expectation that everything's going to be perfect, flawless, not a speck of dust anywhere, then you better be able to deliver that. Exactly. Um, most, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much you can't with PPF unless you're in a clean booth. It's, it's not going to happen. That's okay. Yeah. 
Um, but if you tell them, you know, maybe there'll be a little tiny nib here, a little stuff, but you're never going to see it unless you get a light out and really search every square inch of the card you set. If you set expectations appropriately and deliver on those expectations, then you can get paid. And we all do that really well with PDR. Right. We can make this great. There's a problem area that I'm concerned about right here. Um, the body line may not be perfect. There might be a wave left over. We do that really well with PDR because we've done it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. When we start a new service, we don't even know all the problems that could go wrong. So it's hard to set expectations appropriately right. for the customers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So through, the, yep. through this restore FX process, I'm going to, the next time I add a service, I'm going to be like, tell me the 10 things that can go wrong with this. So I know ahead of time and I can prepare to, uh, for those things to come, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, so that's or, what I would say. Or the 10, the 10 negatives that you're, the 10 obstacles you've got to overcome to sell the service. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Corey, I think. Uh, shop is clean shop, but there's there's just no way that you're going to get everything out of the air. Every I mean, and wow. and you're right. Setting the expectation for the customer upfront makes delivery a hundred percent easier on the backside. Everything you say before the repair, you're you're positioning yourself as an expert. Everything you everything you say after is just an excuse. It doesn't matter what it is. Nope. You can't make it come across any other way. If you Correct. say there's 12 things that could go wrong and the customer agrees to it and all 12 of those things go wrong, they're like, you nailed it. You're exactly right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But if you say nothing's going to go wrong and then 12 things go wrong, it doesn't matter what you say. You're not charging. Well, if can't. one thing goes wrong, if you told them nothing right. would go right. wrong yeah. and one thing goes wrong, exactly. you didn't deliver. And it's like, what? yeah, you didn't deliver. So what were you going to say, Ryan? Uh, one, it's under promise over deliver. That's always yep. the main key of selling, yep. right? Especially yep. in PPF, mm -hmm. it's like you're you're gonna get imperfections in it, but the main reason you're buying this is for the protection, right? Right. You're gonna keep repainting well, your car every month or two months after rock chips, right? You know? So or are you gonna save um, it with PPF? Yeah. Um, when we, I don't like under. I don't like that saying. To be Why? honest with you, I never Why? say that because I don't want to under promise. I want to promise the exact thing that they're gonna get. You, you know can't always I'm not under promise you can't, it. You can't if I tell them that, there's a potential though. that this that this mistake happens or that there's a wave left over in the well, dam what, or there's a piece of dirt in the paint, that's promising what the, they can expect. That's yes, what the under promise means, you know. Yeah, but it's kind of like you know, if I know a car, I can fix a car in two days, I'm gonna tell them I need three. Because if I right, deliver yeah. it back <laughs> in two, then they then they feel like you know, we really went the extra mile. But if I if I tell them two and then I call them at the end of day two and go, hey, I need it one more day. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Yeah. So, yeah, it's bad. Um, yeah. So I always I always, you know, try to err on the side of allowing a little more time to do a repair <laughs> than it may take. Um, because it doesn't matter if it's, you know, I'm on a podcast and people are walking in to deliver their cars. Or if it's, you know, I'm working on a car and I get four, four or five phone calls that delays me on getting that job done. Um, you know, you've got you've to have a little room built into everything, whether it be on the repair quality or the repair time or the install time or any of that. So I actually, I personally like the under promise over deliver side, but that's, that's just me. I mean, I can see no, I, I don't. I but, agree with it. I just don't like the word under promise. I agree oh. with both of you guys on doing that. Um, another thing, that's actually a good point. You brought, you guys both brought up a good, or you brought up a good point, Tom, the time thing. So I made this mistake several times with Restore FX. 
Um, I would ask a rep now, I would ask, how long does it take, like the really good guys, how long does it take for them to do a car? And if they said, you know, uh, five hours, double it or triple it. And then that's how long I need it to be here. Triple it. Okay. Triple it. So if they say, oh, five, six hours, I'm going to tell the customer I need two days for that car. There's, there was several times with their store effects. I'm sure you did it with PPF, Tom. Like, oh yeah, these front clips, you know, they takes guys three hours, five hours, but it's going to take you two days or three days. So um, I would say just, you know, I'd ask that question. And, and I knew that answer to that question from going to training with restore effects and that type of stuff but i would just need to add time on it for the new guys just just right. just another just another tip if you're going to add a new service right. just well, expand that time out to the yeah. customer so and that's just like fixing dents i mean i've been around guys that are just faster than grease lightning yeah. and they're yeah. i mean their quality is through the roof and then i've been around guys that are average to slow but their quality's high and then i've been around guys that are average to slow and I wouldn't let him fix me a sandwich for lunch. You know, I mean, it's kind of all over the board. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you've got to set set the expectations correctly. Um, but I, I don't judge myself on the fastest guy in the room. I never have, even when yeah, I chase. As long mail, as the customer knows. I, I'm yep. even when I was working storms and I was in shops full of twenty dent guys. I, I'm like, listen, guys. I'm I'm not the fastest guy, but my work is good. And if you know you got a problem with it, I will readdress it. I don't chew dents up. I don't, you know, they don't look. I don't hack things up. I don't. I very rarely sand a dent because I can get the quality there before we sand on a dent. So that mm. that and that's why I say it that way is making sure that you're giving the customer what they're asking for, what you're selling them. And if you if you set the bar a little bit low and you go over the bar then they're they're really stoked about it but yeah there's no way to there's no way to install this film and and again i mean the guy that i've got he can do a front he could probably do two front clips a day where it take me two full days to do one front clip so yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why i say that you can't judge yourself on the fastest guy and you're right you know if they told you it took five hours to do a um a restore effects i would go you Triple know three times that amount just until you learn the product because the more you do it the faster you're gonna get a hundred percent yeah yeah so um so you you were gonna you mentioned it i we we're all keep talking i cut you off but you actually well it's funny you said some months you're hemorrhaging money doing ppf but you also decided to add more services on top of that right yes talk about that well so we keep getting asks um for window tint and i kept saying no 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 window tint because i got a friend of mine that does he's done my cars for 20 years and he's actually not overly far from my shop but the only problem with him is when he's you call him and if i get a car in here and they want window tint i'd call him up and go hey i need i got a car that needs two roll-ups done and it's it's a hundred bucks um that's what that's what he charges 100 125 bucks and he's like, yeah, I'm booked out for two weeks. And I'm like, dude, I got the car here right now. I need it done, you know, today or tomorrow. Nope, I'm booked out for two weeks. He, I could never get a car into him. And then again, back to talking to my rep, he's like, you know, we've got a lot of need for, for window tinting in your area. So I started, you know, just checking around with some guys that I, that I know that do window tinting in other parts of the country. And they're like, you need to have window tint in your shop. So what... We, we finally made the move. We joined on with Sunstoppers, 
don't know if you guys heard of Sunstoppers, but they're out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and going, being a Sunstoppers location cost me 500 a month to be branded Sunstoppers, but I can still keep my ICT Auto Pros as my, my parent, basically, company. Um, it cost me 500 to be Sunstoppers, but I get a discount on my window film through Sunstoppers, which more than offsets the 500 I spend with Sunstoppers. And their branding, when you Google window tint for a Tesla, they are the number one throughout the nation that will pop up for window tinting. So, and then we spend a little bit of money uh, with them as well for uh, advertising. They, they handle it all for us. They've got a CRM system that we're using. Um, we had it for the first 30 or I don't remember if it was 30 or 60 days for free. And I mean, I've never used one, so don't get me wrong. It, it's taken me a minute to figure that thing out. Even, even though we've had it for 30 days, you know, there's still stuff that comes across on it that I struggle with. But here's the thing. If I did it again, I would start with window tint in my PDR, maybe ceramic coating. And then I would add the PPF later because not everybody mm -hmm. cares about PPF on a car, but I don't know anybody that doesn't want window tint on a car. And it's easier to sell a, a $100 or a $600 ceramic window tint job than it is to sell a $1,500 to $2,500 PPF job. And so, and it, you know, right. it's a cheap, it's a cheaper investment too, right? It's a cheaper investment. Now we still can use our plotter on it, but a, a good window tinter, my guy's a good window tinter. He can hand cut everything on a car for window tint. Um, so we don't have to use the plotter, but because I have it, we use it and it actually, you know, saves waste. Uh, we, yeah. we cut less film. We waste more, we waste less film by using the plotter and Part of Expel, it cost me 300 a month to have their their DAP system, which is their software, um, and it gives me all the programs, all the plots for window tints, headlights. 300 a month. 300 a month. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That's a that's a chunk of money. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you know, just like we have the PDR forums, there's there's window tint forums, there's PPF forums, stuff like that yeah. on Facebook we're in. Um, and what's funny is when when the questions asked by the new guys coming in okay, what software do you go with? 75% of the time they're saying DAP, which is the Expel program. I think those um, guys run the half of those sites though. What's that? I think that half of those guys that have those Facebook groups, they're involved in it. So where they sell, um, I forgot the other name, but uh, Expel and maybe SunTech might be another one. But those guys, like as soon as you ask, cause I've done it, I was about to get into PPF again. And as soon as I asked, who would you go with? Because I'm not going with 3M again. And it was like, it, it seemed like they were selling me like the, the sales reps or whoever just like jumped on it. And they were like, this is the only company you go with. Right. Well, I've, Maybe. I've seen some of them do that, but if you go past the guys that you think are reps and just read mm -hmm. everybody else's comments, there's more of them saying that the DAP program has better patterns and better fitment than than the other program that's out there. There's only a two or three programs out there. Mm -hmm. um, SunTech and Lumar, I believe, are actually the same, one and the same. And then you've got um, the 3M, and I don't I don't know who 3M has for um, for a pattern terrible. system. Terrible, it's terrible. Okay, yeah. Well, the thing about the PPF is it's actually most patterns are cut small, and you stretch to fit. Stretch right. So right. 
you know, if you think you're just laying it on there and it's just going to line right up, it doesn't. You got to pull it and stretch it and block it all that. Where window Sometimes tent, you're like, there's no way it's going to stretch that far. You know, it's like a foot short. You're like, hey, oh, hey, no way, you know? Yeah. It's yeah, and if it's that short, then you've actually, by the time you've stretched it that far, you've actually it's compromised true. the the PPF the because strength, you've yeah. it out. Yeah, you're, now you're no, now you're not, you know, you're seven or 10 mils thick anymore. You're probably more like four or five mils thick. So your protection's actually less. Half. So my main my main question, I think, is like should be the number one question. And I think you and I, Corey, um, should have realized this because we have with Restore Effects is I don't care that my first question is what type of support am I going to get from you? You know, I feel like because that rep, was my biggest issue yeah. to the rep. Right. That was my biggest issue with 3M was um, I'm, I called they, the guy gave me his phone number and said, Dude, you can call me anytime you want. Well, I had a car in here. They wanted an entire Porsche um, uh, PPF. And I was oh, going to wow. charge the guy 16 grand, you know, I was like, dude, 16 grand. He was willing to do it. So I'm calling up the rep and I'm like, Hey man, you told me you would fly out here um, for a big chunk of change. Like they want a percentage of the job and all this sort of stuff, but they'll teach you how to do the entire vehicle. Um, and I could never get the guy out here to do it. So I think support, and it seems like from what we've, yep. we've talked to you about, about sun stoppers a little bit, um, they have really good support, not only on the training side, but um, on the business side as well, right? Are you sun stoppers? Yeah, yeah, like if you call them like, hey, I made this mistake. How do I fix it? Or what should I do differently? They'll answer you and give you help. Are you asking about sun stoppers? Yes. yes. Is that what you asked? Is that who you said was sun stoppers? Yeah. Yeah, I I'm mean, asking. Um, yeah. That, that question is sun stoppers. If you could answer yeah, that's uh, well, right. Yeah. So Sunstoppers, I can pick up the phone and I can call the guy that I talk to. And he's usually a call away, a text away. He's he emails real promptly. Um, as far as you know, doing the installs, he's not an install guy. Um, if you want to get trained, they probably have a better training system than Expel had, but yeah. I had to be trained through Expel to be a certified shop. So I had to spend it's a grand to go get certified for PPF. It was a grand to do window tent it's a grand to do ceramic but in order to have certification in my shop saying i'm a certified i had to go to expel the first time around um but if i did it again i think i could go to sun stoppers and get certified expel through them but they're like i want to say they're like 2500 bucks and you got so I'm, I'm a little confused there is expel and sun stoppers the same thing no yes and no Sunstoppers only uses Expel film. So um, if you're a Sunstopper location, you're using Expel film, whether it be window, whether it be PPF. Um, and I believe they only install, and I don't, I, I'm not positive on this, um, ceramic, um, the, the fusion ceramic coating from Expel. Expel is the parent company. Sunstoppers just buy so much film because they've got like 60 some locations up and down the East coast. They've made a deal to be exclusive with expel films in their stores. So why does that make go to expel? What's the reason for going with Sunstoppers? Because Sunstoppers has um, so many locations and they're buying power with expel because they buy so much film. It, I can buy my film so much cheaper. And then again, they've got the CRM system. They've got the advertising system. I mean, we've, 
probably three quarters of all of our our window tint jobs have come because of Sunstoppers. Really? The branding that they have. Yeah, the branding. If I was doing it, I would go back and do that one again in a heartbeat. And if I was a shop that wasn't, they and they they told me they won't put another Sunstopper location in my area. So I'm going to be the like, only Sunstoppers I like in that. the Wichita. <laughs> yeah. And so, Expel, yeah, that's Excel does the same thing. Expel, there's there's two yeah. of us that are that are um, actual stores, and then there's a car dealership that also does it. But the dealership basically caters to their you know their brand of car clients. Gotcha. So yeah, two basically two more questions again um, about what to what to ask reps when adding on a new service, which maybe may end up being a title of the episode at this point, but sorry, <laughs> um, sorry. we keep getting off. No, that's, no, that's no, fantastic. Like, this is why we, this is why we just play off of um, how we're, how we're all feeling because yeah. it makes for the best content, but you know, exclusivity, exclusivity, super yes. important question, obviously. And then availability, what Ryan was saying, availability for them to answer questions because it's the worst thing ever when you spend money and you get the product and and there's an issue with it and you call them because they're the ones who they're should be right. able to answer your question right yeah. and they don't answer so ryan and i have talked several times in the past about restore effects being fantastic in that department whether it's application problems um or questions about how to sell stuff or whatever they, they're always there for support and you're saying the same thing for sunstoppers too so if you're going to add a service you know, ask them and granted they may tell you that and it not be true, but, um, right. ask, so, Hey, what kind of backend service am I going right. to get? At the end of the day, you want to know that they're going to help you with any issues that come up. Mm -hmm. Um, they mean, I mean like expel doesn't for the most part help us if we're struggling with an install. I mean, they're not here because the install is a hands-on. I mean, it's like, when I'm fixing a bad dent, I mean, is there somebody I can call and, you know, maybe they can give me a couple of pointers? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they can do the same thing. But they're physically not here. They're physically not going to be able to help me with that install. You know, the reason we started and went to Expel is with the research we did on, on the film, we felt like Expel was, if not the best, very close to the top of being the best film available for PPF. Um, and then we looked at the software that was there. And then we looked at um, being exclusive in an area. Um, and they, they wouldn't let me be a dealer until they located where my shop was to the other shop that's in town. And I'm on the southwest side of town, right by the airport here in Wichita. So the access for me is awesome. I may not have the drive-by um, exposure, so to speak, although I feel like I do, um, but my rent's reasonable where I'm at. And I also have Cessna aircraft, Learjet aircraft, and the airport right here. Cessna literally drives back and forth. I think they got 30,000 employees that work a mile down the road from me. And those- 30,000, damn. I think it's 30,000 that they have. I, 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 somebody's gonna Google that and check me and go, no, it's only 25,000 or something. I don't know, it's a big <laughs> number. It's a big number. And they literally drive back and forth by my shop on a daily. So they're the people I'm actually looking for for clients because if they work at aircraft, they make good money. They can afford to have any of the services I offer. Yeah, that's what's up. Nice. I like it. Um, so, yeah. 
the, the questions about what to ask when you want to do it, yes, exclusivity, that's one. Um, knowing that you know they're going to be there when you need help to just maybe walk you through an issue is one. Um, I think also if you're doing PPF window tint, I think having access to the good fit patterns, that's another one. Um, because not everybody's going to hand cut, not everybody's going to bulk a bumper on any car. I mean, there's guys that can, but the average guy is not bulking a bumper. Um, it, on my left behind me is a um, Infinity, Infinity, I think, QX, QX80. We bulked that hood this morning. That was a very simple hood, but we bulked that hood. We actually did a full front clip on that car, um, but we used patterns on that whole car. That's awesome. But yeah, having having good software is is another <laughs> one you're going to do this. I think that's good to know as well. So you're at about a year into a well, a year and a half of having the shop, basically a year and a yep. month for yep. opening it. So is it is it worth it? Is it worth leaving? You know, leaving the trail. I guess they call it that. Posting up at a shop. Um, what's been the struggles? Like, you know. Well, it is. Um, the thing, the most important thing to me is my son works with me. So every day I come to work and I've got my son working with me. Um, I know he's he's got my back on everything we do. Things are slowly looking better. You know, um, I, I'm, I know we're going to probably go through a slow spell. I hope we don't, but I'm probably going to go through a slow spell December, January because of the holidays. Um, I think that's a given, um, but talking to my SunTech guys or SunStopper guys, they tell me as long as we're advertising, that we probably won't see the slowdown that the shops that don't advertise see. So, um, yeah, I mean. Push some gift cards, dude. Push gift cards during Christmas and, and uh, the holidays. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll talk to them about that. That's that's a good that's a good thing to, to offer. Um, but would I do it again? Absolutely. I'd do it again. I'd probably try and do it sooner, but you know, they, a year before we did this one, I'm in a strip building and I'm right on the end of it setting on the road that goes by back and forth to Cessna. Um, a year before the other end of my building was started to be available and I thought we were going to rent it, but it had no, it had no visual to the road that goes by. So I really would have had no signage nothing on my building showing so it would have been hard for me to be seen. It was a smaller space, um, but it was still, you know, climate controlled, uh, heat and air. Um, How important do you it, think that is when renting a shop to have climate control? Visual? No, no, visual? No. Well, I mean, I nah, think- man up on that stuff, but. <laughs> I think, <laughs> just I, think uh, I think having visual is somewhat important. I think if if I didn't have the aircraft that's right down the road from me, it would have been even more important. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, there's there's major roads here in town, and you know, you rent a building on one of those roads. I'm going to pay double the rent I pay here. Um, and honestly, when people find us, they they call, they email, whatever. You know, my first thing mm -hmm. is, hey, we're conveniently located at the airport, because everybody around the Wichita market knows. You know, if you can go to the airport, it's it's right here off of you know west kellogg the highway going through town east west and i mean it does i can go anywhere in wichita in less than 20 minutes so i'm not tucked away in some hole 
that people struggle to find. Um, and I, my building, I've got an east, north, and a south sign on the edge on the outsides of the building. So no matter what direction you drive by, you see my sign. And now we've got Sunstopper banners up on the wrought iron fence that goes around the property. So we're getting, you know, we're getting people walking in just because they saw the, the banner. Um, I'm, so it is important. You get it is important then. Oh, I think it is. Yeah. Oh, I think it is. Um, I I'll say this: the guy that's in the building beside me, uh, it's in the same building, but he's on the other side. He's in between me and. There's three businesses in my building. I'm the only one that's got signage. He is a uh, welder, does custom exhaust. Um, he actually made the exhaust on the Ferrari behind me, and um, he's got no signs on his building. So when he buys something or has something delivered, inevitably they go to my door because I've got the signs to say I'm an automotive shop of some kind. Huh. And so his customer or his vendors and customers, even his customers, they come walking in my building because I've got signage and I look like I'm here. He locks his door because when he's weighing, he, when he's doing a weld, let's say on a stainless or a titanium exhaust, you know, he wants that weld to be pristine. So he'll lock his door. And if you interrupt, it's it is high back there. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. But I mean, he does, he's, he did a car for a guy out of Atlanta. Um, the guy mm -hmm. shipped the car to him to drop an LS in it and to change the rear end out in the car. It was like a 60 something Impala. I think it might've been a 60 Impala, 59 or a 60 Impala, but I mean, it was restored, but it was, it's, I mean, it was lowered. It was, I think mo moral of that story is that he did the exhaust on that Ferrari, no other car people, because you'll get work from other car people. Right. And that's obviously, right. obviously so he's a word of mouth or, or be, yeah, be in the area where other car people are for sure. Yeah, he's a word um, of mouth guy. So that's why he doesn't care if he's got a sign, but it interrupts my day yeah. when I'm, you know, in the middle of my installs. Right. One other one, one more question for me and Ryan, if you got anything else, um, you've been doing this for, you're coming up on 30 years, um, 27 or so. Um, you just started the shop a year ago, I think. And I know this because a lot of people have already told me that they, they won't leave the trail because they feel like it's too late in their life to potentially start a shop. To, to start i guess start over i guess in some weird way in some ways it is starting over but um did you ever think about that or if you did how did you kind of make that I not mean, matter and do it anyways well so i kind of i was banking that wichita hasn't had a hailstorm in several years i mean it's been 2018 and 2018 it was just the east side it was a bad storm so i was i'm kind of playing poker a little bit on this thinking it's gonna hail, we're getting close. I had the extra cash to start the PPF and to do the ceramic. Mm -hmm. My son, I could hire my son. Um, and we felt like the few contacts I did have, like the buddy of mine that used to be the service tech, service tech that's down the road now, he's like, I'm gonna send everybody I can send to you. Um, so we were building on all of that, hoping to get to spring, hoping to have us a storm. We got to spring, we had a small storm. And that, that did help us quite a bit, uh, April, May, June, and July. And literally we did the last car somewhere in July, early August. And we've done, I think two cars since. I mean, I've never seen a storm shut yeah. off as fast as that one did, but <laughs> it, it was craziest thing. I, I feel the same way that what you're saying though, the guys 
they're, they've been on the trail so long. They, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, I really can't, I don't want I don't to start over. I don't want to yep. lose money for a year. I don't want to learn new shit, any of that stuff. Right. You know, how and do you, I, but, I but then you're I never felt, home, right? Well, I felt that, but you know, my wife's going to retire. She wanted to retire last year. She's going to retire this year. She's a school teacher. Um, and I'm like, you know, it's, it, it will work for us if we can just figure out how to install the PPF and, you know, we're going to yeah. get a few ceramic coating jobs here some, and there. Some dance you know, some dance and my son's working for me. When my wife retires, I can set her up in the office. She can handle phone calls and scheduling. You know, we can work as a family and, and then we can hire maybe an install guy or we can hire a tent guy. You know, we can add another service, which we got into the window tent and that's great. And I've got a, yeah. I've got a good install guy. Um, and as long as I can keep an install guy, you know, I think the sky's the limit and there's more services mm-hmm. to be added. Honestly, we I've already I've already got another one. Restore effects is one I've been talking to, but the buy-in's pretty high. Um, you know, they've told me um <clears throat> trying to think of the guy's name. Probably Steve. Adam. No, he's a foreign guy. Steven. I don't know. Steven. Steven. Steven? Yeah. Right. I've talked to him multiple times. But it's it's just the buy-in to get in and get started. And then I'm gonna have to have a few employees because I can only do so many services. My son can only do so many services. Correct. Yeah, so the, for sure. Shop has to turn at X amount dollar per day, you know, figuring you're working 20 days a month in the shop, five days a week, four weeks a month. Yep. You know, you, you know, we've got a per per day dollar amount the shop has to turn. Well, I can't I can't do every single service. You know, mm. at a point there's got to be shouldn't it? So that's shouldn't that kind of you know, we want to grow one and then and then we'll add another one. And then when we add another one, then we've got to have employees to run the other, or, you know, do the other one. Um, my son's great with, you know, the computer stuff, doing the plotter. There's ways that we can manipulate the program, uh, the, not program, but the plots to minimize waste of film. We can add extra things to a, to a cut. It's just stacked, you know, pretty tight, but he's good at that. So we're saving awesome. money that way. Um, yeah, I mean, my goal when the year started in January, my goal was I was going to have two employees by the end of this year. Right now, I've I've added one, and I don't think I'm going to get the second one this year. But I still got time. Let's go. Yeah, but it's not it's it's not there yet. Um, yeah. So that being said, you know we're maybe next year we add one or two, because again, when my wife, wife retires. Even if she's only here three days a week or two and a half days a week, still, you know, gives her something to do. She can make a a little bit of money. You know, um, you know, her retirement's pretty decent where she's at at the school district. So um I'm excited. So for sound, it's, it sounds like if you were to do it all over again, you'd you'd do it again and maybe even do it earlier. I would do it Figure earlier, it providing yeah. I had the place to work from and the the rent was right. Um yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even just doing PDR and even PPF, it's not a one-man show anymore. Not yeah. not in a shop. I mean, if I'm just driving yeah. around and throwing my tools out in the body shop and fixing cars, yeah, I can still do that by myself. But the body shops are wanting more and more percentage all the time from us as a tech. And I think that's what's created so much more competition out there for the techs 
is, and that's what's also hurting the percentages. You know, by the time the body shop takes their cut and then the broker takes his cut, the techs are working for 35 to maybe 50% if they're lucky. Yeah, holding mm-hmm. the ball games for sure starting to shop. You got any other questions, Ryan? No, man. I think we hit on all the good ones, though. We're good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's so, that's my reason for being a shop is I think that um, if you can put a shop in and you can have enough services that you can service and do them well, you don't have to rely on the body shops and the brokers to keep you busy because even just the brokers in general, they're they're wanting more number more money from us too. It's in your control too, which is super, which is yeah, super important. I can control it's this. And I can even, you know, I can give a discount. I can, you know, handle a deductible here and there because shoot, even a thousand dollar deductible is better than, you know, 45 or 50% off of the ticket. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I can For write sure. how I want to write it and deal with the insurance company. And I mean, absolutely. I've done it long enough. I can, I can do all those things. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. So if you're considering, um, you know, doing the same thing that all of us here on the podcast and many other guys are doing, um, I think this show gave you a lot of a lot of things to talk to reps about exclusivity contracts, availability, advertising, all the things you should ask them. And then just be prepared. You're not, it's not tools in the back of a truck anymore. Going to a route. This is legit business. There's difficulties with it. Once you get over those, those humps of starting that um, things will get better. Ryan, myself and Tom have all experienced that. And uh, so if you want, it is possible if you want to leave the trail or start, start a shop. Um, Tom's Tom's another reason, uh, another example of that. So I appreciate it, Tom, showing us uh, a little bit of the inside um, of what's going on there. It's awesome yeah. that you have a Ferrari parked behind you. Um, it's well planned. <laughs> well, it was. We did it last week, and the guy didn't want to pick it up today because it was raining out. He didn't want to drive it. Perfect. Rain, so, and you know, I'll say this: Perfect. anybody that has any questions about the podcast and wants to pick my brain, I've had multiple phone calls in the last three, four months from guys, you know, hell guys, wanting to know, well, what do I do? How do I go about, you know? Who do I talk to and what what services would you start with and this and that? So, you know, I think a lot of people know my name, you know, on Facebook and hopefully it's mm-hmm. not all bad. Um, so, you know, if they want to reach out, those guys, I'm pretty easy to deal with, pretty easy to talk to, you know, message me, call me, text me, whatever. And, you yeah. know, if I can help them out, I'll, I'll be glad to help. Yeah. And then also join the Masters, Masters of Recon Facebook group. Um, if you're not in there, Tom, check that out. And uh, yeah. there's some discussions in there going on about um, how to help as well. So, yeah, I appreciate the time, Tom. I really do. Um, now you got to go pull that 55 in. So, yes, I do. forget. Yeah. Well, they just fired the ZL1 Camaro up and drove it off the lift beside me. So, nice. Good deal. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Right, see thanks, you later, guys. Tom. Thanks, for, thanks for having right. me on. Thank you for listening to the Masters of Recon podcast. If you got any value from the show, then please subscribe and share the show to your favorite social media platforms.